You're listening to podcast audio from Radiant Church, located in Bay City, Michigan. For more information on Radiant Church, you can check us out on www.radiantbc.com or follow us on social media at Radiant Bay City. I want to just celebrate with you momentarily before I get into the message that um, over Christmas Eve, three services last weekend, we had over 900 people here, you guys. So incredible. Highest attendance ever in the history of Radiant Church. So God is faithful in all that he is doing here. Thank you for being a part of that as well. Thank you for your faithfulness in 2023. And I'm looking forward to taking this journey with all of you into 2024 because God has some great things for us. Well, listen, the the teaser video you just saw was a short video for next week's message series beginning uh, next Sunday entitled Seek. Now, if you're new to Radiant Church, listen, every single January, we begin our year this way. This is a 21-day emphasis on praying and fasting, really being in God's presence, reading his word. So the series is three Sundays, but it's 21 days, 21 days. And 21 days literally is a time for us to declutter from the busyness and the chaos, some of the chaos of the holiday season, okay? So lately in our household this week, my wife has been getting rid of some of the toys that our kids have, and we're, we're realizing like we... You guys have way too much stuff. Like, you haven't played with some of this stuff in eight months. You don't need it anymore. And so what are we doing? We're trying to declutter and remove some things from the home. And we have, like, a nightmare that we would become those hoarders. We don't want to be like that, right? And so we declutter. And some of you have a spring cleaning that you do each and every year to remove some of the stuff from your house so you can breathe just a little bit. And plus, we don't want to teach our kids, or rather, we want to teach our kids that, hey, you don't need stuff to make you happy, okay? Stuff doesn't make you happy. It makes you happy for a few minutes, but then guess what? It gets old, right? And then you want more stuff. So it never fills that void like you think it would. And so this is an opportunity for us to declutter our souls. And listen, I I want you to pick up after service one of our Seek uh, devotionals. You can pick it up in the merch room. The print version is $3. You can pick that up today. And this begins on January 4th. This Thursday, it's 21 days until January 24th. Now listen, if you want to go online and you want a free digital version of this, you can go to radiantbc.com forward slash seek, and there you will find this to follow along on your phone or your iPad. And family, uh, families, there's even a family devotional attached to this. There's a QR code, I believe, on the inside of this and on the website, so you can download that as well. But listen, in the Seek devotional or the Seek guide, you're going to find 21 days of scripture. There is a short devotional. There's some reflection questions, and there is guided prayer. And this was written by me and some of the other pastors and the leaders here at our church. It was written with you guys in mind to help you journey on these 21 or for these next 21 days. Now, there are four big ways that you can engage with SEEK as we begin this journey together. Let me show you number one. The first way that you can journey with us or engage is by choosing a fast. Choosing a fast. What does fasting mean? Well, fasting simply means this. It means abstaining 
from food for a given time for a spiritual purpose. And so instead of feeding the flesh, we're going to push back the plate. We're going to push back on some food, maybe a meal, maybe for one day, maybe three days, however the Lord would lead you. And we're going to take that time, listen, and we're going to spend it with the Lord. How many of you, I mean, you don't have to raise your hands because this might be a little embarrassing, but I would just say, how many of you ate just a little too many carbs this holiday season, right? A little too many cookies and junk food and bread. Some of you don't even know what day it is today, all right? So this is kind of the state that we're all in. It's kind of a comatose, right? We're trying to figure out, like, where am I? What's my name? Wait, is this church? And... Listen, that's, that's great to, to be in for a few days, but we can't live there. And so fasting is a way to push back on some of that junk food, some of those, uh, those meals, and to partake in the presence of God and spend with him. The second way that you can engage seek is by removing a comfort. Removing a comfort. Listen, we are a culture that is consumed with pursuing comfort and pleasure. But let me just tell you that growth never comes from comfort. Growth never comes from comfort. If you want a better and a bigger business this year, it's not going to come from doing the same thing over and over again. If you want to lose 20 pounds in 2024, it's going to come with what? With discomfort. And so we want you to remove a comfort. So what does that mean? That means this. For most of us, we're overly distracted. So what that means is that we need to remove some of the distractions. Most people today cannot even sit with their thoughts longer than five seconds. This is a generation that is overly distracted. How can you hear the voice of the Lord when you're constantly scrolling on something? Yeah. And you can't. The answer is you can't. So here's how you can remove a comfort. You can abstain from social media for 21 days. You can abstain from Netflix you can abstain from YouTube or Hulu or whatever other distraction consumes all of your time, right? Some people say, I just don't have time to be with the Lord. Yeah, you do. You're just scrolling all the time. You do have time to be with God, right? So remove a comfort. Number three, I want you to attend, seek worship and prayer nights. Attend one or attend all of them. These began on January 10th, January 17th, and January 24th. January 10th, the 17th, and the 24th. These are three consecutive Wednesday nights of prayer and worship here at Radiant Church for one hour from 6.30 to 7.30. So we want you to join us on those three consecutive Wednesday nights. If you can't come to all of them, just come to one of them. Add some time in your schedule to be here and to prioritize the presence of of God. You're never going to go further with God if you keep doing the same things over and over and over again, okay? So, so be here. On the 24th, we're going to have free pizza at the end of the night to break our fast together. I'm not going to eat pizza because I'm doing Whole30 starting on Tuesday, but I'll watch you and high-five you while you have your pizza, all right? So listen, we're going to have pizza together. I'll watch you eat pizza. We'll celebrate ending the fast on January 24th. And then number four, read the Bible. We want you to read the Bible. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. The new year is the perfect time of the year to begin a new Bible reading plan. So for some of you, maybe that's reading through the entire Bible for 2024. Now, I just got done. This morning, I read Revelation 19 through 22. I just finished up the entire Bible. I was going through the Bible recap. 
Some of you have done that program. I think I'll do it again. The Bible recap is on version. If you don't have version, get on your smartphone today, download version, and you can download that Bible reading plan and others. For some of you, you may want to read through the New Testament in 21 days. That's a great challenge. For some of you, you're brand new to the Bible, and you're like, where do I begin? I would just start off in the Gospel of John. It's 21 chapters. So just read a chapter a day. If you're brand new to the Bible and you just barely know the book of Palms from the book of Jobs, listen, just, it's supposed to be a joke, um, <laughs> open up to the Gospel of John. <laughs> All the Christians are looking at me and rolling their eyes. <clears throat> open up to the Gospel of John, okay, and read a chapter a day beginning January 4th. You can do this. You can do this for 21 days and then carry that habit into 20, the rest of 2024. And our prayer is, listen, our prayer is that this would begin to cultivate the habits that your soul needs the most. Because listen, if you're going to be say, a successful business owner, a successful teacher, parent, whatever it is that you do, listen, it all stems from your inner life. It stems from your inner life with God. Truly it does. And if you want to see change in your marriage, change in your relationships this year, I want to see all of those things. It stems from your inner life with God. It truly does. It starts there. And most of us, after Christmas, what do we do? We actually ignore God, hoping that things would change when we ignore him, except for maybe one hour a week. But it just can't work that way if we're going to move into the new year. Listen, growing in godliness, growing and becoming a little bit more like Christ. So we want you to engage in these habits, reading the Bible. I love what Jesus says in Matthew 4.4. He says this. He says that man cannot live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So you just can't live on bread. Now, I love me some bread. Just for the record, I love bread. And I could eat a lot of bread every day, okay? But the Bible says I can't live on that alone. I need the word that comes from God's mouth, and that's found in the Holy Scripture. So we can't wait to see what the Lord will do in and through us during this Seek series. Well, listen, for a few moments, I want to take us to our message for this morning, which is entitled Flourish. And we're going to be in Psalm chapter 92. Grab a Bible, grab your smartphone. If not, we have the words behind me. I want to read all of Psalm 92, but our emphasis today will be on the last few verses. So this is Psalm chapter 92. It says this. It's good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High. That's what we just got done doing. We, we were singing. We were praising his name. This is what we're supposed to do when we gather together. Verse number two, proclaiming your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night to the music of the ten-string lyre and the melody of the harp. For you make me glad by your deeds, Lord. I sing for joy at what your hands have done. How great are your works, Lord. How profound your thoughts. Senseless people do not know, fools do not understand, that though the wicked spring up like grass and all evildoers flourish, they will be destroyed forever. But you, Lord, are forever exalted. For surely your enemies, Lord, surely your enemies will perish. All evildoers will be scattered. You have exalted my horn like that of a wild ox. Fine oils have been poured on me. My eyes have seen the defeat of my adversaries. My ears have heard the rout of my wicked foes. And then look at verse number 12. We're going to focus on verses 12 through 15 this morning. The righteous 
will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will still, they will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no wickedness in him. Church, let's take a moment, let's pray, and then we're going to talk about Psalm 92 for a few moments this morning. Father in heaven, we love you, and we thank you for uh, just the expectation of what a new year brings, and we know that good things will happen in 2024, but being realistic, we know that we'll also see some great challenges. We're going to see some ad- uh, adversity We're probably going to walk through trials. Uh, We're going to walk through difficulties at the same time. But God, remind us that you are with us every step of the way, God. And and Lord, it's better to be with you. Better is one day in your courts, God, than a thousand elsewhere. So Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus. We ask now that by the power of the Holy Spirit that you would unlock deaf ears, that you would open blind eyes, God, that you would soften some of our hardened hearts because maybe 2023 was incredibly hard. Maybe it was tragic. Maybe it was uh, just unfortunate. And because of that, some of our hearts have been hardened. So Lord, would you soften hardened hearts this morning and come and make us new? Would you awaken eyes of faith, would you draw men and women and children to your Son, Jesus Christ, our great and coming King? And we thank you for what you'll do today and in this year coming. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, Amen and Amen. Some of you know that I lived in Arizona for four years. I was a school teacher there. I taught seventh grade science. Uh, at a middle school, really just a couple blocks from Arizona State University. And I loved my time in Arizona. One of my favorite things about the state of Arizona, it's beautiful, absolutely beautiful. But one of my favorite things about the state of Arizona are palm trees. Anybody like palm trees in here? I love palm trees because palm trees, like they remind me of warm, tropical weather. Palm trees give off that vacation, those vacation vibes, you know what I mean? Like I love vacation vibes and there's a, there's a, there's a photo behind me of, of palm trees. You can see how beautiful they are. Obviously, it's in a place where there is lots of sunshine there. I found some pretty fascinating things about palm trees this past week. I want to just share those with you quickly here. Did you know that there are over 2,500 different species of palm trees? That's crazy. 2,500 species of palm trees. Palm trees are known for their large, you can see it, their large, um, these large leaves and they, they, the fan-like leaves. They're known as fronds, not the fawns from Happy Days, but fronds, F-R-O-N-D-S. That's what, I didn't know that, but that's the name of these leaves. And the wax palm tree can grow up to 200 feet high. That's insane. That's higher than an 18-story building. That's a tall tree, okay? The wax palm tree. And then finally, palm trees thrive, or you could say for our message, they, they what? They flourish where it's warm. They flourish 
where it's warm. Now, they flourish where it's warm because this provides them with the proper environment for them to grow and to, to, to stay and to remain healthy. Now, I, I want to talk about this environment for just a few moments, and you'll see where I'm going here. But I want to just say three things about the proper environment for a palm tree in order for it to flourish, to thrive, or to blossom. Literally is what the Hebrew word means, to blossom or to bear fruit. There are three things that a palm tree needs in its environment. Let me just list those three things quickly for you. Number one, it's warm weather, right? Warm weather. We know this, that palm trees exist in warm states because it's obvious that cold weather or frost or ice would kill a palm tree, would not allow it to thrive and grow. So a palm tree needs warm weather. Second, a palm tree needs lots of sunlight. Palm trees are sun-loving plants, okay? They need lots of sunlight. And then number three, palm trees prefer well-drained soil. Well-drained soil. This allows water to flow easily. It prevents drainage from happening, the accumulation around the roots. It reduces the risk of root rot and other water-related issues. Three things that make a palm tree flourish. Three things in its environment. Warm weather, lots of sunlight, okay, and well-drained soil. All these things make up the proper environment for a palm tree to flourish. Now, check this out. This is what the psalmist is telling us today, this morning. In the same way, listen, God's people are planted are to be planted in the right environment for them to also flourish, thrive, blossom, grow, and remain healthy. Let's look at verses 13, 14 again and see what that is. It says this, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. We just talked about that. Like a palm tree, like they will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted, here it is, Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. I love this. It says, The righteous will flourish. First of all, who are the righteous? Well, the righteous, listen, are those of us in Jesus Christ, those of us who have placed their faith in Jesus for salvation for new life. Remember, we took communion a few moments ago. I talked about that your righteousness, my righteousness, does not come from what I do. In other words, I don't and I can't earn from myself my own righteousness. I cannot and you cannot earn for yourself right standing with God. A lot of religions teach this, that you have to do certain things and then you can meet God's standard or have his approval. In Christianity, it's, it's fundamentally different. We're not made righteous by what we do, but by whose we are, or rather, who we trust. This is what Paul, this is how Paul puts it in Philippians chapter 3, verse 9. He says this, and be found in him, it's Jesus, by the way, and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, or the law of God, but that which is, here it is, through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of what, church? Faith. On faith, yeah. On the, your righteousness comes on the basis 
of faith. On, when you trust in Christ, not by what you do, not by trying to earn it, by all the good works. Listen, your good works come as a result or it's a byproduct of your faith in Jesus Christ. You don't do it to earn good standing because none of us can do that. I failed this morning. You failed this morning. You're going to fail probably this afternoon, okay? So we put our hope in Jesus Christ and our righteousness comes from him. Now, the psalmist says, where are they planted? Well, they're planted in the house of the Lord. They're planted in the house of the Lord. Now, this is in the Psalms, and the Psalms is in the Old Testament. Because it's found in the Old Testament, we know that the house of the Lord is a reference made to the temple. The temple. The temple was the place where heaven and earth met. The temple is where the Jewish people would go to worship God, and they would offer a sacrifice to atone for sin, to cover for sin. And that those sacrifices were foreshadowing the greatest sacrifice that would be known to mankind, which, of course, was the sacrifice of God's one and only son, Jesus. Now, we don't meet in temples anymore, right? The New Testament, Paul says that we ourselves, we individually, but we corporately, listen, are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that the Spirit resides in us individually. But check this out. When we gather together, did you know that the Spirit is here in a unique and powerful way? It's different than when you're alone. I, I want you to have your alone time. At home, that's good. Like, have your alone time with the Lord. Get some coffee out or whatever your thing is, right? Open up your Bible. Put some worship music on in the background. Read scripture. Pray. That's great. You should do that. But did you know that God is uniquely present and powerfully present among us when we gather? Yeah. It's like God in concert is the, one, the, one, the way one pastor put it. We experience God in a unique and a powerful way. Paul says it both ways, that... The Spirit is in us individually, but he says, you, you, you yourselves are that temple. So this is a reference to what? Really, the, the church for those of us, obviously all of us today. And I love how it says that we're planted, okay? We're planted. So here's the deal. In some sense, we are a seed, okay? And we're a seed, and we're, and we're dropped in soil. And that soil, listen, provides the right environment for what? For us to grow, to flourish, to remain healthy, to, to blossom, to bear fruit. And that right environment, listen, is the community of God's people. It's the community of God's people. And this is so key because the church, listen, the church provides the right environment for flourishing and growth. And let me just show you three ways this morning. So simple messages, three ways that the church provides the right environment for you and I to flourish. Number one, the church provides us with a spiritual family. Amen? Amen? The church provides us with a spiritual family. Listen, let me just say this. The church was never meant to be a building that you visit, but a people you belong to. Amen. The church was never meant to be just a, a, a building you visit or attend. It was meant to be a family you belong to. I lived in Arizona. You guys, I got saved in Arizona. I, I came to faith in Arizona, in Tempe, Arizona, Christ Life Church, non-denominational church, a little bigger than this church, and my life was radically changed by Jesus, okay, when I came to faith in Arizona. And I had no biological family in Arizona because I went there. I moved because of, of well, a romantic interest, if, I, if I'm honest, and I moved because of a job. So I had no biological family there in Arizona. 
the church became my family. It really became, they became my brothers and my sisters. How many of you know, though, if you want friends, you got to be a friend? If you want friends, you got to be a friend. Huh, Pastor Michael, nobody's, nobody says hi to me. I don't have any friends. Listen, I, I love you. I say this in kindness. You want a friend, you got to be a friend. Well, how, what do I do? You, you start saying hi to people. You start introducing yourself to Troy and Ann. You start going up to guest services. You, start, you just start. May, Bill Bader, one of our elders here, for the first like four months, maybe longer, every single Sunday morning, he shook as many people's hands as he possibly could. And he got their names and he tried to learn who people was and he's, he entered into community, not later on, but right away, right? So if you want a friend, you gotta, you gotta be a friend. You gotta open your life up to people. And I know this is hard because this is where we get hurt. We get hurt in relationships with people letting us down. That's not gonna change, okay? But, but listen, just because you get hurt in a relationship doesn't mean that you always leave the relationship, okay? Sometimes it does mean that. But in the church, listen, my family, we don't always get along, but it doesn't cease to end or it doesn't d- diminish the fact that they're still my family, right? They're still my family. So sometimes in church, we get our, our feelings hurt, but listen, it doesn't mean that we're not family anymore. We're, we're still family. And so the church provides us with a spiritual family. Number two, the church provides us with the opportunity to serve and invest our lives into something bigger than ourselves. Serving is a non-selfish decision to become more like Jesus. And investing, listen, investing is an invitation to become part of something bigger than yourself. So this year, I want you to serve, and I want you to invest. Serve and invest. And just like in, in real life, whenever you invest in something, right, you, you bought that new diet book. You subscribed to that app so that you, you, know, you, could, you could get the body that you've always dreamed of in 28 days, right? You, <laughs> people are like, yeah, right. <clears throat> you subscribed, you paid. What did you do? You invested, and when you invest in your family, when you invest in the house of the Lord, there is also a return on your investment. You reap the benefits of that, and my prayer is that that would be the case for all of you in 2024. Number three, the church is where we have the opportunity to practice godliness and hospitality. Now, to those of you who are new to the Bible, the New Testament is filled with phrases like each other and one another. <clears throat> each other and one another. Be kind to one another. Forgiving each other. Love one another. Did you know that when the Bible talks about those each other or one another phrases, it's not talking about lost or unbelievers. It's talking about church people, church folk, the family of God. I'm supposed to be kind to my brother Derek. I'm supposed to love my brother Troy. I'm supposed to forgive Caden if he sins against me. The church gives me an opportunity to what? To practice godliness. We, we practice that within one another, and that's how the, the world recognizes that we're different. Are we supposed to love unbelievers? We are, but listen, primarily, the New Testament's focus is on us loving each other, actually. And that's how the world will know we're his disciples. This is what Jesus says in John chapter 13, 35. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And so we're able to practice those things in 
community and the church allows us that opportunity to do that. Will you get your feelings hurt sometimes? Yes. Will it always go the way you want it to go? No. But it's an opportunity for you to practice godliness. You know what most of us do? We isolate. And then we ruminate. And then we detonate. Maybe that was some of you in 2023. I feel the Holy Spirit just touching on that right now. You isolate, and then you ruminate. What do you think about? All the ways that people hurt you. All the things that you don't have in life that you should have. All the ways that you're not acting up. Everything that you're offended or angry with. And then eventually, some people, unfortunately, they detonate, and they lash out at their family. And this is to the detriment of their most important relationships. And the church allows us an opportunity to not do what the rest of the world is doing, to isolate, to ruminate, and to detonate. The church allows us to rather come into community, to be heard, to pray with someone, to be encouraged, and then for us to encourage someone else. It's not just about me, 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 me. Give me, give me, give me, give me. I want this. I want that. That's a Western, modern way of thinking. The church is about what can I give? What can I do? How, do, how can I participate? We're, we're so selfish and self-centered and Western-minded in our culture that it's all about me, 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 me. I want this. I want that. You don't have this. You don't have that. I want this. Uh, why are you always the center of conversation? Sometimes it has to be about the rest of the group, right? Amen. The church is an opportunity. And that wars against your flesh, and I understand that because we're all selfish. Guess what? I'm a part of that group too. I'm selfish too. I'm a part of that, right? But the church gives me an opportunity to to call Troy up. Troy, how are you doing today? I'm praying for you. I, I love you, dude. I miss you. I call people up, right? It's, it's an opportunity not to just focus on me, but to love others. And in so doing, that's where the scripture says that we find life. You see, when life is all about us, we actually implode from the inside out. You can't live your life focused on just you. That's not the way to live. When you live focused on others and on Jesus first, listen, that's where you'll find life. That's where you'll thrive. That's where you'll flourish. And that's what I want for all of us here at Radiant Church. So let me ask you a question. Church, as the new year is approaching quickly, here's the question. Will you be planted in the house of the Lord? Just like that seed in the soil. The soil is what? It's community. It's serving. It's practicing godliness. It's opening your doors, hospitality. Pastor Marcus was up here asking for, for group leaders. Opening up your home is a hard thing to do. I, I, I understand that. It's counterculture, right? But the idea is, is this is what we see in the scripture, is that the early disciples, they came together, they prayed, they broke bread together, they fellowshiped, they enjoyed one another's presence. And so will you be planted in the house of the Lord in 2024? Listen, Pew Research says this, that on average, listen to this, the American churchgoer either attends church once a week or once a month. Okay, it's like those are the extremes. Once a week, regular churchgoers, or once every four weeks, or once every five weeks, okay? Now listen, no matter where you're at on that spectrum, I want to just challenge you, what's your next step? But let me just say this, if you're a once a monther, if you're a once every five weeker, listen, will you 
Will you invest? Will you be planted in the local church this year? And when I ask that question, I understand the responses I might get, and sometimes even the excuses. Oh, I know Pastor Marco, but there's Pom Pom Squad, and then there's football. We got football practice, and I know Pastor Marco. We got the camper, and I got the fifth wheel, and you don't know how much we're paying for that every month, so we got to use that bad boy. And uh, listen, I love all those things. I love me a fifth wheel. I love. I don't really love pom 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 pom, so I can't say that. But <laughs> right. football's great. It's a lot of fun, right? Basketball's great. All those things would be great, so I'm not here to argue with you. I just want to ask you the question one more time. In 2024, will you serve and will you invest? Will you give your life, listen, to something greater than the temporary, to that which is eternal, right? Everyone, everyone is giving their life to something, but are you giving your life to, to something that has any sort of eternal significance, right? <sighs> I'm not saying that you can't play video games, you can, but are you giving your life to something that has eternal significance? I'm not saying that you, you can never watch a football game, you can. Moment of silence for the Lions, by the way. It was rigged, but anyways, whatever. Um, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying you can't do those things. I'm not saying you can't watch movies. I love movies. Just, I'm just saying, what are you giving your life to? That's what I'm saying. I'm asking you that question. I love Netflix, okay? I love a great series, okay? I, I love all of those things. I love going to a, a basketball game where I know, I know their kids and, they, and I see them. And I, those are great things, okay? But what are you giving your life to? That's the question that I'm asking you. Will you be planted? Will you be rooted in the house of God? Because church, the reality is this, is that whatever that is not built on Jesus will burn away eventually. This is what the scripture says. It's actually in 1 Corinthians 3.10 through 3.15. And we're not going to go there right now. But anything that's not of Jesus will eventually burn away. And for some of you, it just means this. Pastor, well, that means I'm going to have to reprioritize my life. Exactly. <laughs> that's it right there. Th right there. That's it. That's it right there. Hey, you go to hockey games. That's wonderful. Listen. Which is, what are you giving your life to? I'm not trying to stop you from going to a hockey game. I'm not trying to stop you from watching a good movie. But what are you giving your life to? In 2024, will you serve and will you invest and will you what? Be planted in the house of the Lord. And listen, storms are going to come. And instead of isolating yourself, like some of you, that's what you're, that's, that's your MO. You, you isolate, right? As soon as it goes rough, you remove yourself from community. No, no, no. In 2024, will you come into community to be known, to be heard, to be loved, to be prayed for, to pray for someone else, to encourage and say, bro, I was there too. I was in a pit. I was in a dark pit. I was... I had depression. I, I was taking 17 medications a day for my anxiety. Bro, I was there. And I want to encourage you now that the Lord would use you where? In the house of the Lord. And that 2024, listen, would be a, a different year. A different year for you because you've given yourself to what? To something bigger, better, greater than just yourself. Greater than just a video game. Greater than just a movie, okay? But to the things of Jesus. And this morning, listen, I'm going to leave you with that question. And Kinsey's going to sing one more song for us this morning. 
The song is entitled Everything for Jesus. And I want us to just set the tone right here this morning that we would be planted in the house of the Lord and that 2024, listen, would be a year where we give everything for Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Father, we want to be planted and rooted in the house of God. Pray, Lord, that prioritize priorities rather would change in 2024. I pray that you would shift our focus from temporary things and put them on eternal things. Jesus, we do this for you. It all belongs to you. Our worship, our lives, our everything belongs to Jesus. So come and move in our hearts. Come and move us out of the comfortable life. Stir our affections for you, God, and change us from the inside out, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand up together, church. Let's worship him this morning.